There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. <laughs> well, you have a mug that will be relevant to our discussion later of the years. We're back on track. Thank goodness. You know that my thing with mugs, right? I have a collection of mugs. Like coffee mugs, people. I think most people have a collection of mugs. (laughs) I don't know if that's unique to you. (laughs) But not everyone has a theme for their mugs is what I'm saying. You know about my thing. Is the theme mugs? What is the theme? No, the theme of my mug collection is... The movies? Theme park attractions. I always go to the gift shop and I always get, if I enjoyed a ride or attraction, I get the theme park mug. And so today I'm drinking coffee out of my Jurassic Park mug. From Universal Studios. I think it's funny. Some might say that Jurassic Park is itself a theme park. Hmm. But can I apologize to you right up top? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, my sister, for (laughs) making light of your really beautiful curation of mugs. I did not mean to undermine. You have a really intentional, beautiful theme that is so you and so true to this and new to this. It's not new I'm to not this. New to, no, but that's you're, no, you're no, no, hold on, hold on. You're not hold new on. to this. You're true to this. <laughs> I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Do you have anything that you sort of collect? I know the answer, but tell everyone about your collection. What's the answer? What do you think it is? I want you to say it. Does it have to do with a certain food item? Yes. I collect two things now. Tell them about your collection. Tell them about your tastes, styles, aesthetics, and values. I'm going to start with the more sort of um, the drier one, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go to the more fun one. The the more sort of like immediately meaningful one is horses mm-hmm. because we're still in Lunar New Year. Happy Lunar New Year to you. Thank you, sister. And to you. My fellow horse. Uh, I collect horses. I have horse figurines throughout my apartment. My mom mm-hmm. will always bring a horse to me, a little horse thing every year to me. I think I'm filled to the brim with horse. Is it an auspicious animal? 
<laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Wouldn't you agree? I would say. I would say. And then my other thing, which I think is what you were thinking I would say, are my tomatoes. I mm-hmm. have little tomatoes throughout the house. Can I say, Bowen has the best smelling hand wash I have oh. ever encountered in certainly a friend's dwellings, maybe even in the wild at large. Like I've never, what is it? Where is it from? Is it's it Lueve. It's they Lueve. do They do tomato leaves hand soap. Tomato leaves hand soap. And when I first saw it, I said, now I'm not going to be leaving this bathroom with my hands smelling of tomatoes. And then you do it. Oh Hello and my behold. God. It is so good. Yes, Becca, it does sound good. Becca's chiming in and it's chic. And then I have my pencil holders are tomato cans. Yep. And then I have a tomato drawing that I framed that mm-hmm. I drew. What draw you? What draw you? What draw what you? Drew, what draw you to tomatoes? What drew you to tomatoes? Like, what is it about tomatoes that made you say, I want to remember her? When I was a kid and into my adulthood in my 30s still, you know, I guess this doesn't happen as much anymore. But remember when you were a kid growing up and someone would be like, I can read your mind. Think of something. Like when someone tells you to think of something, mm-hmm. like the first thing you think of when blank in any yeah. situation where someone tells me, what's the first thing you think of when blah, blah, blah. No matter what the condition is, I think of tomatoes. <gasps> it is the thing that like pops in. And, I, and it's so interesting that you hate them. It's not that I hate them. It's just that I don't like them plain. But maybe, okay. maybe In what's happening is the fates. I love tomato sauce. I love tomato soup. Maybe ketchup. what's happening is the fake love ketchup. Not crazy. I mean, like I, the way I just said that, people would think I'm some sort of like freak for ketchup. Like for ketchup? No, you just like you like lycopene. You like the nutrients in the tomato leaf in the plant. I think that's what it is. But something about tomatoes by themselves, like I can't, like if I'm ever eating a salad and there's tomatoes in them, you will see them there at the end. They will get thrown out. I often ask for no tomatoes. I certainly think that what chases me away from certain burgers is the fact that the presence of tomatoes is highly likely. Or even the thought of even even the the thought of tomatoes being on them will make me completely invalidate a McDonald's menu item. I famously will never even touch a Big Mac because I think there's tomatoes on them. Even though you already know going forward that there will never be. (laughs) No, we can't do this again. There will never be a tomato in a Big Mac so you can order them. You're safe. Why I, won't you do it? Because I just, I've made my decision about this. Okay. This it is, is what it crazy. is. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, and then but maybe your mention- love of tomatoes is maybe there's a reason why we are the besties that we are because the fate said he is going to teach him about tomatoes. This oh, is me. me now. Now. That's, this is what's going to happen is basically like we are friends, close friends. 20 years later. We become friends. No, that would mean we take a break. Just in 20 years, something's going to happen with tomatoes. That's our This Is Me Now. That's our motorcycle accident in the desert or wherever they are. In the icy desert. In the icy desert. Okay, can I really quickly, just before we talk about JLO, the other thing about tomatoes that is really sort of imprinted is that when I was little, my mom would Mm -hmm. cut up, slice up tomato, and then sprinkle sugar over it and put Mm. it on a plate, sort of like Nobu style. As if yeah. it was like a delicious fish. Gorge. And then we, my sister and I would eat it and that would be like an afternoon snack. And like tomatoes and scrambled eggs is such a like staple, like Chinese, like college student dish that like. Really? For us, like, 
It's like tomatoes are so important across the world. And mm. I think tomatoes, I think the Italians gave the Chinese tomatoes and the Chinese gave Italians noodles. And a so hickey. like we a hickey. We gave Marco Polo <laughs> pasta. Damn. And we is in China. I'm, I'm like aligning with China in this. And Marco mm-hmm. Polo gave China tomatoes, I think. Wow. Maybe we gave both. I think we gave Italians a lot. And that's a rule of culture. I, I think, think China, China gave, gave Italians, Italians a, a lot. lot. Including COVID. Including COVID. <laughs> the cultural exchange that we're talking about here is so beautiful. Yes. And I love to see that there's a Chinese <laughs> and someone that people think is Italian here in this. I was going to say, people, I and I deadass thought you were Italian when we first met. I was like, there's something Italian about it. Turns out it was just the Long there's Island. There's a lot of very Italian things about me. I think my general demeanor from being is a little Italian. of Long Island is a little Italian. It gives a little Italian. I think my complexion gives a little Italian because there's some... Olive tone. There's some Mediterranean in there. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I certainly, whenever anyone accuses me or says... You Italian. Uh-huh. I say, I understand. I understand. It's like when anyone ever comes up and goes, you're Ryan, right? Or Chris, or you're Justin, or mm-hmm. aren't you James? It's like, yeah, basically. Is that what you say to them? I don't like that. As a joke, I often go, well, we're all the same. No, I think from this point on after this week, if anyone says you're Ryan, you're Justin, you're that person, right? You go, <laughs> Kevin, this is <laughs> me. No. Oh Let's my God, this it. is me, Matt. That's the title of that. No. <laughs> no. This is me, dot, 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 Matt. This is me, Matt, slash Bowen. Slash Bowen. Did you get a chance to watch the film? I did. Me I t- did. And can we just give it up for this duo of JLo and Dave Myers, who have worked together for truly decades? What a beautiful, I, I kind of love that part the most is that very these lasting. are two people who, very lasting, these are two people who trust each other's vision so much. I was just watching it the whole time going, you know, thank God something like this is getting made. Yep. Even though she had to pay for it herself. Oh, is My, that right? Yeah. So she basically like in the many dozens of interviews I've been watching with her because I've now Sort of, I mean, I was on JLo's Wikipedia last night. Like, I was like going mm-hmm. through it. And also, so much has to be said about JLo. Like, I feel like There's right now so it's a little bit of say. it's a little bit of a fraught moment right now because she is literally everywhere. She got the new album, and a lot of people have certain things to say about like the Amazon original and the fact that, like, you know, it's meta on meta, self-aware on self-aware. Like, a lot of people always have everything to say about her and but you know that's because that, that's by virtue of who she is correct by the way. and what i really like watching about these things is it's kind of like seeing just an artist go completely unchecked and say exactly what they want to say yeah and in doing so they reveal a lot about themselves and i feel like what jennifer lopez has revealed about herself ultimately is this like i'm a hopeless romantic thing like i'm a rom-com queen thing like i'm jenny from the block thing like it can all sort of be, you know, narrowed down to the fact that she's just like, she's just a lady. She's just a basic lady like every, like anyone else. She happens to be incredibly talented. But at the end of the day, what she thinks about are romance and astrology and her husband. And, like, and that is truly universal. I, I think, think it's beautiful. I think the fact that she said, you know what, I'm going to put $20 million into this thing where... Ultimately, it's kind of about like my astrology guides is so revolutionary, basic woman. 
mm-hmm. that I'm I'm truly obsessed. Like, and I I do think that her mass appeal is so on display here because anyone could watch this. And even though it's completely insane, like emotionally, you can understand every beat of it. Oh, absolutely. Is it high art? No, but it's populist. It's JLo. And you know, she made it because I genuinely think she believes people will a understand me better after this Mm -hmm. and B be able to know what I'm talking about because we all want love and we're all hopeless romantics in some form. That's really it. She provided this entertainment. Is it Grammy, Oscar, whatever winning? Is it a little goofy, a lot goofy at times? Yes, but she fucking went for it. And I was high as a kite and I lived my life watching this. Oh, great. I don't think there's like an unintentional goofiness about any of it. I think she like mm. the whole, like all the Zodiac guides things were played for comedy. The wedding right. was basically played for comedy in a way and sort of like poignantly shot and like really well edited, I think. And I just have to say my main takeaway was aside from the things that you've just laid out, which is what she wants us to know is that she loves love and that's it. Not mm-hmm. that's it, but like that, that is like her essence. But I also am just thinking to myself the entire 60 minutes of this mm-hmm. film thinking God, she's so compelling to watch. Yeah. She's such a good actor. She is such a good dancer. And the vocals, she's like delivering what she has to deliver as it complements the rest of this work. And I think that is beautiful. I don't think she was being too lofty in what she was trying to do here. I think she kind of accomplished everything she mm-hmm. set out to do. I think that like in terms of her voice, what she has is a sound that I think is pretty identifiable. And mm-hmm. even in looking into her from the very beginning, because I was really in the Wikipedia last night, like going back to her first album on the six. Don't oh. disrespect on the six. Like on the six on was the great. On the six had hits on the six was at the forefront of what they call. And I think that some people take some exception to this, like including the people involved, but like that Latin pop explosion like that she was at the forefront of that mm-hmm. Ricky was at the forefront of that Enrique was at the forefront of like she really like was part of creating a very popular sound mm-hmm. and a lot of those songs hold up like when you hear waiting for tonight now when you're oh. out it's a moment everyone everyone pays respects and just going back to that like that was a huge risk and that's something that I think doesn't get said about her enough is that pretty much everything she does because she is so watched and so deliberated everything she does is a huge risk so being this like established movie star going into full pop star not even ironic pop star not even singer going into a full attempt at a 10 out of 10 pop star marquee idol was a huge risk and she pulled it off and she is consistently more than anyone else in our culture gone between those identities of the triple threat thing. She really walks the walk. Think about this. Hugely successful recording artist in multiple genres. Mm-hmm. Hugely successful actor in multiple, multiple genres, genres and media in terms of film and television. The fact that she did Shades of Blue, like, yeah, not even 10 years ago, is that she did, like, a procedural show in her career sort of lifespan is... Mm-hmm wild to me and i and like you must respect you simply must literally the fact that love question mark as an album like jettisoning her into like 
performing at the World Cup. It's like this is an international entertainer, literally world class superstar. She is one of our best. You must acknowledge. You must acknowledge and respect. Her watching Barbara in the movie, mm-hmm. that is real because I remember when she came to host SNL, I sat down next to her in the host pitch meeting. She was clutching before anyone else had the coach Barbara Streisand collection, clutching her Barbara Streisand bag. And I was like, oh, I love that. And she goes, thank you. She strokes and she goes, funny girl. Like she goes, funny girl. I'm like, oh, SNL. Like she like wore Barbara the entire week because she was hosting. And I was like, bitch, go off. Go off. And JLo is funny. You have to say that too. I'm, yeah, I'm making all these say. imperatives. I'm making all these imperatives. Like JLo is fucking funny. When you look at the filmography though, like this very rapidly became what I don't think anyone thought it was going to become, which was a JLo Stan episode. But like <laughs> you look at her filmography and first of all, if you don't think that the fact that she was in Shades of Blue was the last thing I thought about last night before I closed my eyes, you are <laughs> deeply mistaken. I literally, I got off the Wikipedia. I was watching interviews with her till so late. She was on Kelly Clarkson. They gave her like 20 minutes. I watched like both for Zane Lowe uh, Apple interviews. Like She's I watched been on Wendy bunch. Williams like 10 times. Wendy loves her. Yeah, but I'm talking about this press cycle in particular. Oh, this Mama press cycle. was oh. everywhere. She was yeah. talking about the project. And she's very winning on every talk show. She's very relaxed and it feels like she's really confident about what she's made. And it feels like also she must have genuinely checked out of caring about what people think about her and women because she's out there like pretty much just laying it bare like about what this is and why it is etc but i was looking at her filmography and it really is it's, the versatility is there i mean you forget about what she was doing in the late 90s or late 2000s like she wasn't out of sight you know she and also mm-hmm. not for nothing but god i have to stop saying that phrase but no I don't. don't 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 ever stop from the very beginning of her career pretty much she was not only like exemplifying her talent in all these different ways, but she was setting trends left and right. Like, for example, the juicy tracksuit thing, the uh-huh. hoops, the newsboy caps. Like, that was pretty much all of The her. neckline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I was reading on her Wikipedia that there's something about the way that she impacts culture and style trends. For example, like, her celebrity fragrance basically created the idea of yeah. a mainstream celebrity fragrance. Like there was obviously Elizabeth Taylor right. and then glow by JLo was the first one that was like, I remember my mom getting glow by JLo, my mother, and you know what I mean? I think her count on her fragrances is like, she's, she has like over 2 billion of them. No. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. She sold like, she's moved that many skews, but I'm saying like 20 fragrances in the line. Oh, right. And what I'm saying is like her impact on culture is not a joke. Like, it's pretty much always been that way, too. And for example, the Versace dress, like, that's just like an isolated moment in time. But Mm -hmm. these are things that are, like, really lasting in the culture. And they came from one person. And that person who... Google images came from one person. Really? And also someone who could have so many times been so identifiable with an era... Like, yeah, J-Lo could have yes. just been an early 2000s thing. Like, 100%. Like, there's no mm-hmm. reason why she shouldn't have been done done. And Ben Affleck, too, after the benefit of it all, after Gili, after, like, the P. Diddy of it all, after so many things went down early in her career and how 
big she was. There's no reason why that shouldn't end, but it has lasted because of her talent and her talent alone. So when Mm -hmm. she gets ultimately to this point in her career where she's like, I'm putting a ton of money into this thing that I want to say, I have to stand up and applaud that because not a lot of people get that opportunity and not a lot of people get to execute that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And who's to say if it's done the way people would want it to be done. Like it's not necessarily, I don't think it's like, I guess what I'm saying is like, it doesn't have like the kindest reviews, but I think it's like beside the point. I think this is the thing about JLo too. She doesn't care. Is that if she doesn't care, amazing, but it's like the audience doesn't care. Yeah. We're watching this. Like this was all anybody was talking about with me this weekend. And it was, no one said a peep about the reviews. Everyone was just like, it's insane. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's <laughs> yeah, bad. I mean, like, but like it, it was, it really ran the gamut of like, it didn't matter if someone told me, if someone thought it was bad, I would just be like, oh, I thought it was so out there that I kind of had to love it, you know? Like, yeah. But that's the JLo thing too, where it like, she transcends any kind of critical evaluation in yeah. terms of the broader cultural impact. If one fucking idiot doesn't like what she puts out, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like admirable necessarily. I just think like this is the reality and this is what we're dealing with. So it's like, it's like you're saying it's besides the point, I think. And she did one of the best Super Bowls. One of the best Super Bowls. Absolutely one of the best Super Bowls. And I remember like when she came out at the top of her Super Bowl performance, like after Shakira did her thing, she was also amazing. You see JLo and you're just like, Absolutely. Hell yeah. There she is, a superstar. We were all yeah. Brie Larson weeping at the Golden Globes at that moment. <laughs> yeah, and people can interpret this J-Lo love how they want. Thoughts about, what is your interpretation about the accident in the beginning of the film? Spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler alert for This Is Me Now, yeah. Um, I think that the motorcycle accident on the icy desert basically symbolizes her and Ben flying too close to the sun. I mean, I think they were going too fast, too dangerous. Like they basically they lost control. Okay. Yeah. And that was what broke her heart. Well, she talks about this pretty candidly too. Like in the interviews, like the JLo and Ben thing basically was so heartbreaking because it wasn't the fact that they didn't love each other. It was the fact that they couldn't handle everything around them. How intense. Like how intense it was, how negative people were, how much people seemed to not want them to make it. How disrespectful people were to her and to him by nature of them being together. Because remember, they were both trash for being together. And these are two, you know, you can be a fan or not, but these are two incredibly talented people. And I think these are people who obviously, when they split up, went on to then go to career heights. Like they already were a list. And then when they separated there, it actually got even bigger for both of them because they went on to critical bona fides. They became monoculture. They were. And then they they really solidified like Ben Affleck and J-Lo are famous, famous, famous. And so I think that what was so heartbreaking about it was knowing that they had every good intention going into it and really loved each other. And it was that thing of, essentially a pretty mature decision to make before you get married or before you go too far of like, we have to stop 
or else we might resent each other because they resent us. And so this is just, it's a star-crossed thing. I mean, like, we're not going to work out because we can't get out of our own way situationally. And then what I will say is, it is dangerous to put out there that in 20 years you could get back together with that person because, you know, that had me spun out. Oh, hey. That had me spun out, girl. Theirs is a very unique situation. (laughs) I was in the mood to just sit here and watch all J-Lo for 12 just hours. Absorbed. Like, I really I really was. Like, yeah. I was in my J-Lo moment. Yeah. And the fact that the documentary doesn't come out to the end of the month, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe by the end of the month, we'll be moved on. But I will say, smart of her to just, like, do the complete media assault now in this, like, tiny window of time before all the girls stomp to the front. I know. Because it feels like she really hit her Valentine's moment. You know what I mean? Like, everything about this felt pretty right. Mm -hmm. And especially, and she gets this, for something that in a couple weeks people aren't going to be talking about anymore. Like, this is a a little blip, and it's a J-Lo blip, and it's beautiful and gorgeous and chaotic and insane, and then it'll be over. A J-Lo blip can ripple out in a serious way. And that's a rule of culture. That's a major rule of culture. That's rule of culture number 40. A, a J-Lo, J-Lo blip, blip can, can ripple, ripple out in, in, a a major, ser- in a major serious way. <laughs> you know, but when I sleep well, and I, I, attribute, you do. I attribute that in many ways to the mattress that I sleep on. We both sleep on the Helix Midnight Mattress. It's given us sweet dreams aplenty. And the Helix lineup offers over 20 unique mattresses, including the reward-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections, the mm. Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids Mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts everywhere. Say it again. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Your personalized mattress is shipped right to your door free of charge. Everybody's unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Unique girl, the way you sleep is perfect. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. That's helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and 
domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. Oh, okay. A couple of things to share. First of all, Gregory Maguire reached out on Wednesday to confirm that he does listen to the podcast. Wild. I am so sorry. I apologized over email. I said, Gregory, I did not mean to assume anything about your listening, your media diet. Very, very nice of him. Unbelievable that someone like him would listen, but love that. It's because he recognizes this as a Glinda Alphaba story. It's a Glinda Alphabet story. Gregory, I think, is a finalist. He did not self-identify in any way towards me. Certainly a finalist. That's the definition of a finalist. Someone who's fully formed in the culture who don't need this. (laughs) Who gave us a cultural artifact. Mm -hmm. Who expanded the story of a universally known narrative in a way that is maybe not technically canonized, but is like the, like, prequel to The Wizard of Oz as far as the culture is concerned. 100%. Can I say that I'm just beaming, sitting here smiling beaming because, speaking of finalists, and I'm just going to say this, because I feel like we've been talking about J-Lo as someone who did the crossover thing between acting and singing and also was very identifiably of a time and like stood the test of time. There is a finalist who has identified themselves as a finalist in that they are a reader, Katie, publicist of this podcast, and they're going to come on the show. And I have to say, Mandy Moore, we are so obsessed <laughs> with you. Emily, I swear to God, I'm in the DMs with Mandy Moore. She's going to come on the show at some point. And I just felt like while we were talking about JLo, I was like, wait, there's literally someone else too that like, I'm going to cry. A full icon for decades. I know the question that I'm going to ask her that I've been wanting to ask her for, oh, 20 years. Since 2003, I've wanted to ask her this question. So 21 years. So do you want to put the question out there now because she may yes. hear it? Okay. okay. Mandy, so Mandy, you now are going to hear the question and you have time to think about this one. Mandy Moore, did oh. you have a Zanga page in the heyday of Zanga, because there was a mandymore.zanga.com where she was writing blog posts, and there was this was the days before Verified. And so, like, I was on that Zanga every day, hearing her talk about, was just on set, was just in the studio, and the way she wrote was so beautiful and poetic. If that was her, I need this for my soul, man. Because also, like, well, you need it for your soul, because what if it wasn't her, and you were just... If it wasn't... <laughs> will be devastating but not not altogether unsurprising (laughs) wow wow to think about a celebrity blogging in like what 2000 2002 i was at like the library on the computer on zanga reading my friend zangas but then like i really want to know mandy moore zanga like what mandy moore is saying and then she used the phrase in one of her posts 
to put it mildly. <gasps> and as a 12-year-old, you hear that and you go, well, that's my new favorite fucking phrase. To put it mildly. Oh, like, my as, God. I, we say that all the time as adults now, I'm sure, mm-hmm. in this generation. <laughs> but in 2002, if you were 12 years old, that blew my mind. You're to put it mildly. Do you know what mine was? What? It was Mariah Carey using the word nonchalantly ah! in her songs. I immediately was like, what is, is that, that word? word? And I, I looked it up and it was like, oh, it's like uncaring. Like when you do something like and it feels secondhand, like you nonchalantly tossed off a phrase or you nonchalantly like, you know, made mention. It fucked you up. And I was like, I will use that incessantly. To quote another Mariah another, word. Another Mariah word. And like, but Mariah's vocab. She loves her adverb. Clearly, she had an impact on the girls because here's fucking Mandy Moore, to put it mildly. <laughs> and that that's a true cultural imprint moment, Bowen. The fact that you remembered that all these years later that Mandy Moore said to put it mildly in her Zenga blog. If it wasn't her, then I will be <laughs> chilled to the bone. Oh my God, that would be chilling. But if it was her, I will cry. I will burst into tears. I promise. If if she says that was my Zanga, I will <laughs> cry. Oh my god! And Mandy, don't because we've DM'd several times back and forth, and I just smile beaming the whole time. Don't answer that question yet. Like we don't want to know. We need to know show. when you come on, and this has to be in person. And Bowen, you have to come to LA for that. We have to figure out when you're going to come to LA next. Okay, no problem. Maybe March. I will fly to LA on my own dime for Mandy Moore, Los Culturistas. Absolutely. I have to say, do you remember? Okay. I think my favorite Mandy Moore ever is... Only Hope. No. No. Although, incredible. First of all, it's really hard to say this because there's so many good songs. But I would watch the Cry music video, by the way, on the Walk to Remember DVD every day after school. Keep going. I'm sorry. I had. Do you know how many times I watched the Walk to Remember and wept and wept and wept? It became, you ever watch those movies enough where it becomes more about you crying and less about the movie? Like, I was just like, well, I want to absolutely sob. So I'm going to watch A Walk to Remember again. I want to absolutely sob to A Walk to Remember or, and this is back in the days of DVD, I want to laugh my ass off to the commentary featuring Adam Shankman, Mandy Moore, and Shane West. several times. They are, they are. Having a gas, laughing at Daryl Hannah's wig. Oh my God. You have mentioned this several times. Oh my God. Don't let me wait. When you mention wig, I have to get to something. But first, let me just say the Mandy Moore song. I try, but I can't seem to get myself to think of of anything anything but you. I want to be with you. I used to just. Be in my bedroom, like running around in circles, thinking of like, I don't know, I guess I was in like fourth grade, like Kristen Rocco, who I had a crush on. (laughs) Just like me, like, I want to be with you. Like listening to this like girl's song, thinking about, I guess, a girl. (laughs) My little gay ass. Oh my God. I love that. That whole album. Oh my God, Mandy. Mandy. To say nothing of saved. To say nothing. To say nothing of how to deal. To say nothing of, I'm sorry, the song Gardenia. Play Gardenia now, readers, Katie's publicist finalists. You will not regret it. She was doing this 
she's not new to this. She's, she's true, true to, this. to this. It's actually roller coaster number 70. Mandy, Mandy Moore is, is not, not new to this. this. She's, she's true, true to this. this. And you can see her now on Dr. Death season two on Peacock. It is Peacock. an anthology. Peacock, we love you. I mean, that really, that's what it is. Because when I first DM'd her, she was like, well, we should wait till after the strike. And I was like, 100%, 100%. Of course. And then I remember I, I saw her on the Today Show, something J-Lo was want to do. And Mandy Moore is also want to do when she has a project discussing Dr. Death. And I was like, now, did we miss our window here? But the thing about no, Mandy no. Moore is there will always be a project. And that's really culture number 90. The, the thing, thing about Mandy, about Moore, Mandy is Moore is there will, there will always, be, always a be a project. We're so excited. Oh, my God. Mandy is everything. <sighs> she was my life. Yeah. Whenever people would be like, okay, Brittany and Christina. And I was just like, definitely respect both. Definitely, for sure. Brittany has a place in my life and cultural history. Christina has a place in my life and my personality formation. And then there was Jessica, who was, you know, fun on Newlyweds. She did her thing. And then Mandy Moore was not only right there with them, but also smart enough to be like, you know what? I've had it competing with these girls. I'm doing my own thing. I'll catch you later after my covers album. Oh my God, coverage. Oh, her out. Yes. Coverage. The song choices on that album, by the way, sophisticated she is covering mona lisa's and mad hatters by elton not just any elton john song a fucking deep cut of an elton john song. no a 100 and i remember when it came out i was excited because i'm like oh covers like thinking it's gonna be like songs you hear on fucking american idol and then no. my little my little ass i didn't know any of these songs. have a little faith in me yeah Phil Collins, which was the you- single by the way the lead single mm-hmm this girl is an artist down. Yeah. And such a gorgeous voice. And not only gorgeous voice, but identifiable voice. It's yes. like what we were saying. It's like the thing of like, you hear Mandy Moore and you're like, that's Mandy Moore. And she's perfect for Tangled. Oh, oh my God. Tangled. My God. That's when my, my life, life <laughs> I could cry to death. I could cry to death. Did I just recently talk about this line read entangled when she's telling Donna Murphy? I will never. She was like, I will spend the rest of my life trying to get as far away from you as possible. <laughs> oh my God. Mandy! You to me at the end of a long day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, wow, Mandy. Okay, but then to reference another recent guest or another guest, I ended up going to Restless Leg Tour at the Beacon. Oh my God. How was it? Just like top to bottom, sublime. I was just like, oh, I'm so upset I couldn't go. It's everything you want them to do. Mm. And then they both individually did like a stand up set and like both had different angles and takes on it. Like Amy was giving like kind of like beautifully pensive thematic on this thing on like memory. And it's like all these great bits and stories and jokes. And then Tina comes in and just sort of like does without spoiling too much, like she's doing like her idea of what her doing standup should be basically. That's funny. And it's, it's so funny. And they do a, an update thing basically. Oh man. Where the top jokes were that day was like, Trump has to pay like $350 million. The, the news broke that day. And, and they, they had, had new, jokes. they had fresh updatey jokes about it. I was just like, God, these women and like hearing them do update. I was just like, I remember their cadence and their like 
delivery on it like and how like stylistically oh, yeah. it it's not any better or worse than like what Seth's was what Colin and Chase is now and like what like it's just you realize oh each update era is like its own flavor and tone and I kind of forgot that about SNL which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. but like hearing Amy read jokes and Tina read jokes I was like whoa this is like this is a fucking trip yeah it's like a trigger it's like a good trigger it's like it takes you back to that time when you're like <gasps> like oh my god tina and amy on update because the thing about comedy is it's not like playing the hits necessarily like a musician does right like mm. you know like you can be an act with like 20 year old songs right yeah. you can play those songs and the crowd goes wild you can't really do that with comedy unless there's right. something Unless the container is similar, but whatever the content is has to be fresh and new, right? Yeah. So, like, that's the trick about, like, touring and just doing comedy in general is that, like, if you're a name, you kind of have this bar to measure up to. And, like, the fact that they still do it so, it seems like it's so effortless, but you can appreciate the work that goes into it. Like, which is not to say that it's labored at all. You you cannot see them sweat. It's just so special to watch them do it. Yeah, I mean they're they're fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like these are the best we have. They're the best know? at what they do. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that like the legacy artist thing. Like Billy Joel comes out and does like New York State of Mind. Like Tina and Amy doing weekend update is them doing their New York State of Mind. You know what I mean? And it's right. but, but but except they have they to have, have to new... fill it with new content. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's a different challenge. As we're talking about time though, it's like there are comedians as we know who have like kind of tainted the legacy because of like the way that they update oh god the content yeah. like that is the thing that is kind of remarkable with tina and amy and that's it's not to say that they're the exception to the rule but there mm-hmm. there is a way to do it where i think like they are not necessarily confined to any sort of formal thing besides the update piece but the rest of the show is like built to their strengths and also them trying new things but it's like they also have the benefit of not having to go up there just by themselves with a microphone. Yeah. That they can like do things that are like legible and familiar to the audience and then loosely sort of break out of that and then piece it back together by the end in this way that is like comforting and really, really cathartically funny. 100%. But also, if they were to go out there by themselves with a the mic, they would be fine. And here's of why. Course. Because they know what's important in terms of comedy and in terms of like really being an entertainer and a lasting entertainer, which is exactly what you said. They're not fixated with the past and how it's like affecting their present. Like all these comedians, like these iconic comedians, like you know who they are, who are so angry and up in arms about like what the cultural reality is now. Like getting all up in arms about like you know, trans rights, getting all up in arms about like woke culture, that they are no longer funny and they have lost sight of what's important, which is entertaining. And the conclusion I keep coming to is if you are unable to participate in now because of the past, you cannot be a part of the future. Mm. Like if you are so tripped up in what is happening right now mm-hmm. because Because of this cathectedness to the past. Yeah, Yeah. this like romanticism of yesteryear and this need for things to be the way they were. 
it's fine. Like you can continue to kick around in that slop, but you will not be a part of the future. I think they're banking on the future being not linearly progressive. That it will circle back. That will like realize that what like quote unquote wokeness is a trend. Like people finally having the right and ability to speak up for themselves being like, hey, this type of humor is only funny to a certain type of person and it really degrades and demoralizes and dehumanizes a whole group of people. So maybe if we're actually funny, we should be able to do something else. Like they think that that idea is what a fad. Maybe. Good fucking luck. Good fucking luck. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Let's talk about Madam Web. <laughs> did you see it? Yeah, I did. Oh, tell me everything. A lot of people are saying that this movie was not so bad that it's good. Like a lot of people are think, saying like it was disagree? just boring. No, I think the movie was so bad. I had a great time. Like I, I, I love. I hear had that. the best time watching this movie. Like 
And I didn't think it was boring. I just thought it was completely insane and unhinged. And what I love about it is Dakota Johnson's knowledge, frame to frame, that this is horseshit. Like, <laughs> Dakota Johnson, I want to be, like, her friend because she is just there, she's, like... She's a good vibe, I can report. You can tell, like, she's delivering the lines, like, just enough so that it's acceptable to uh-huh. be in the cut. But also, like, there's, like, this little cool. way where she's like, I don't know, man. Like, not to conjecture, I think she was giving that in Fifty Shades, too. I think she was. I, well, there was a moment. You, and it, it made me love her. Yes. And do you remember, because iconically, the first time we ever saw Fifty Shades was me, you, and Dresden on and Dresden. Valentine's Day. Like, what? It had to be, like, 10 years ago? What the fuck? 2015? Yeah, wait, hold on. When did Fifty Shades Jesus of Grey came Jesus Christ, I hate time. Fifty Shades of Grey came out 2015, yeah. Wow, that's nine oh years ago. Oh my God. Okay, so nine years ago, we're seeing this, and there was a moment where, like, either Jamie Dornan says something, and there's a cut to Dakota that's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it, like, wasn't supposed to be that, but... They keep it. And even in interviews now, she's like, like I think she was on The Tonight Show, and Jimmy was like, all right, so what do we have to know before we see the movie? Like, what do we have to know, man? Come on, dude. Come on. Tell me what we need to know, guy. And Dakota's like, you can know absolutely nothing <laughs> and enjoy our movie. You don't have to know anything. See? And she still <laughs> believes in the movie. She's, she's not re- tirelessly promoting it. <laughs> it's not that she's, like, um, abandoning her sort of... Yeah, she's still out here saying... Watch the movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which she, you have to. Adopt. And you know what? To her credit, like, I was entertained the whole time. The whole time. I was like, I'm so watching it and I'm this. being like, this is so insane. But the wig thing from before. Okay, so we mentioned okay. wig. Sydney Sweeney's wig in this is so bad. <laughs> like, it's so bad. And sometimes I'm like, I get it. Like, I understand, like, hair is tough to deal with on a day to day. And sometimes you want a certain result. But then I was like, you know what? Now it's part of it. Like, now the fact that this is such a horrible wig is part of it. And we're playing the terrain. This is now an element of this movie that I really enjoy. Yes. Yes. The villain in the movie. Have you heard about this? All of his lines are ADR. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. 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 They had to rewrite it. Literally, Bo and his mouth is moving, and it's like watching like a Godzilla movie. Like it's uh-huh. it's like what is coming out of his mouth, or what they want you to think. Like what you're hearing is so different than what his mouth is doing because they clearly had to rewrite the movie because it didn't make sense. Like we have to find out what the villain wants and what he's doing because it's unclear. It was unbelievable. Zosha Mamet's in it, sitting yes. the whole time being like a computer hacker. It never oh. pays off. The cast they got for this, like Adam Scott truly just cashing a check. I can't believe Emma Roberts is in the movie. This is stacked. It's so stacked and they're all doing nothing in this way that makes me so happy. Okay, all I needed to hear was I was getting so many conflicting reports on this about whether or not it's bad in a fun way. And all I need to hear is that you thought it was fun. So now I will go see it. Bowen, the way it ends... Dakota is so iconic for the way that it ends. Like, <laughs> so much going on in the final frames of the movie. Like, 
I can't spoil it, but just suffice it to say, it's giving Professor X in a way that is so <gasps> funny. <laughs> I cannot wait. Dakota is. I have a one. Halloween costume. Let's just say, yeah, no, Dak- <laughs> and and then as a result of that, I was like, wow, Dakota, she is here to stay for sure. And so, you know what? Yes. I was rewatching. I was rewatching some clips from The Lost Daughter. Put some respect on. Oh my god, that she's film's so name. good. She is so good in that. So good in that, and so bizarre in it too. Like the character yeah. that she's playing is so, <laughs> but alluring and like seductive. Just like the things that like playing to her strengths. I think Dakota Johnson herself is that is the essence of her. Yeah, she's a little strange. Oh, Bowen, I wish we could have seen this movie together. Oh, I'm sad. This is what happens. This is what this happens when we're apart. By coastal, my ass. Uh, I know, not right now. Oh, I guess I could say on the pod. What I'm doing. Yes! So I'm here shooting a new series for Netflix, and it's from Liz Feldman, who did Dead to Me. So good. And it's called No Good Deed. And the cast is Ray Romano, Lisa Kudrow, Linda Cardellini, Luke Wilson, Dennis Leary, Tiana Paris, O.T. Fagbenle. Like, oh my God, Abby Jacobson, Poppy Abby, Lou, Poppy, Anna Maria Horsford, and fucking me. It's such a fun cast, and the group is so great. And it's about uh, Ray and Lisa play this couple who are selling their Los Feliz home, and there's like a bunch of different couples, like, and people vying for the home. But what no one knows is that something very dark has happened in the house. And I no play the real estate agent. So I get to have scenes with everyone. I'm like, <gasps> I have a really fun part. I can't say too much about it, but... Um, You're the glue. Uh, let's just say I'm I'm a big function. And yes. I really, really, really am excited about it. And uh, it's going to be really good. Like, I read the scripts and I'm like, oh, shit. Yay. It's so exciting. This is what we need. We need Matt Rogers, like, playing a realtor, but, like, giving giving <laughs> connective tissue. I said it's giving one-third Chriselle, one-third Christine Quinn, one-third Matt Rogers. Bitch. <laughs> that's, that's a scary, scary pie chart. Horrifying. I, <laughs> I only really like one of those people. No, I like Chriselle. The way you just said I only really like one of those people, and I'm one of the people. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's like you only I love really you. like Matt. <laughs> That's not how I meant it. Bitch. I love Chriselle too. Can I say, Chriselle? Chriselle yeah. will hit the carpet. Yeah, at the People's Choice Awards, and I'll be like, "That is all of us right there." There you go. Oh, have you watched any of Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I am two episodes in. I was like watching those two episodes, being like, "Oh, I'm in. I'm strapping my seatbelt." Yeah. For this, I just haven't been able to move as quickly as I would like to. I really enjoy it. I watched the first episode. I liked it a lot. I, for some reason, liked it a lot more than I thought. Me too. I like that it's giving mystery of the week. I think because there had been rumors that it like wasn't good and that's why Phoebe Waller-Bridge wasn't in it. And I was mm-hmm, disappointed mm-hmm. that she wasn't, though I do love Maya Erskine. Maya is fantastic. And this is such a different thing than Pen15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked the conceit of it, which is this is their assignment. It's their assignment to cover as a married couple. It's not the original movie, which is obviously they were married and then found out they were married to a spy. This isn't really interesting, good, if you will, way in, uh, which is that you're seeing them on day one of their marriage because it's their new assignment. 
and they have a, they have like a charming little rapport. I, I like watching it. I'm excited to see how it develops. Also, in terms of it being from Donald and Stephen Glover and Akira Murai, like that whole Atlanta mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. very different from that. Like, I, yeah. I like that it's this like, again, I like that it's kind of episodic. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a lot of that anymore. And this is it really works for me. I think the fact that it's a little episodic, like makes it also the serialization is going to come. So obviously in their relationship, you know what right, I mean? Right, it's right. almost procedural in that way, where it's like the way that you develop an affection for like these characters, you know, Benson and Stabler <laughs> is because you see them in these situations. And then all of a sudden you're like you're thinking about the totality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the totality of it, you connect to them and you get their partnership. Whereas like, Obviously, I haven't seen too much of this yet, but it feels like that might be what binds and connects them because obviously they're a very odd couple at the beginning. Totally. When I think about the totality of Mandy Moore or Jennifer Lopez, I think these are my girls. 100%. I I mean, literally, I just, I can't even like, Mandy goes, I love the podcast. I love you guys so much. And I was like, Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore, you better stop. If I start, I won't stop. Because I could go on and on about we literally so just many did. things that you We literally done. just screamed at each other. I know. And honestly, it's kind of nice to just get that out of the way so that like, and I'm sure that we will absolutely fawn over her when she comes. <laughs> but like, I, the way that it could just be 30 minutes of us being like, <laughs> Mandy. Not that you guys haven't heard us be sycophantic towards our guests before. Now, can we talk about the year? Do you have oh. stuff for the year? Yes. So this week on the podcast, the year, the cultural year that we are excavating, this year has been chosen from the Goblet of Cultural Years, is 1993. Bowen, what are your instincts and things that immediately you have jumping out of your heart when I say that year, 1993? I am going to say, well, as we said, I said Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Bjork debut. Mm. I'm going to say... Oh my God, hold on. I'm, I'm doing a quick Google. Exile and Guyville Liz Fair. Wow. You could speak to that. This was a huge year for like alt rock, quote unquote, whatever that means to you. But in terms of like your PJ Harvey's, your Radioheads, your fucking Nirvana, you know, it's like this was a time of like grunge. Like, I don't even know quite how to like type this, but like mm-hmm. it was that mixed with like adult contemporary was like really starting to come in and like be this like Mariah putting out music box is I think like also indicative. Oh, Janet doing Janet. Like this is like things were kind of coexisting in an interesting way. And like nothing was like overtaking the other, like it could all live next to each other without bumping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was a time where it's funny that you talk about that type of music because by far the biggest album of this year. Oh, yeah. What was and it? And it would be ultimately one of the biggest albums of all time in its totality, a word we've used much on this episode, is Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard. Oh, my God. So Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard was the big, not only the biggest album of the year, but the biggest, one of the biggest albums of the decade. Yeah. It obviously was connected to the film The Bodyguard, which was released so it's one in of the 1992. Of, so it's of one, obviously one of the biggest soundtracks of all time. This is obviously, in the grand scheme of Whitney Houston's career, there's no bigger song 
then I will always love you. Obviously, it is what she is most iconic for. But that being said, there was also many, many tracks on this album that were huge hits, such as I Have Nothing, such as Queen of the Night, such as Run to You. This was like the apex diva moment of Whitney Houston. And it obviously coincides with what you were saying. Like, you know, Mariah had just really popped off. Like, Celine in a couple of years would really, really, mm-hmm. really be at her, like, mainstream height. But in many ways, this was the beginning of, not even really the beginning, but it was, like, the the rising action peak, let's say, in some way, oh. of that, like, diva thing. Yeah. So it's interesting that also, you know, grunge was happening and like there was this alt rock moment. Just a really interesting time for very emotionally specific big music. Big music that you don't necessarily think of as like big tent. You know what I mean? Like these things would never fly today because it would be like, well, the alt rock is for this type of person and the divas are for this type of person. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that that was like pretty ubiquitous and like welcoming for everyone that like everyone could like find a another phrase that we're using a lot this episode way in Mm. with these albums makes me go, oh, that's what we're sort of losing with monoculture, which again, we can debate with people, whether or not like it still exists, if it's just a different form. Yeah. But um, that's a great assessment about the music of the time. It's just interesting. Like, I guess technically the Bodyguard album was released in 92, but it was the best selling album of 93. Of the which year. Is why. And if you talk about like what artists were really popular, it's Whitney Houston. Then there was Kenny G, Eric Clapton, Janet Jackson, Billy Ray Cyrus, Dr. Dre, Pearl Jam, Garth Brooks, Stone Temple Pilots, Spin Doctors, like, Lots of variety here and what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was music Spin was interesting, obviously Liz Fair, Bjork's debut, but it was really, it was an interesting time. But for me, I think if I was like fully activated gay guy at this time, I'm for sure only listening to the bodyguard album. I mean, like <laughs> that to me, activated gay guy. If I'm an activated gay guy at the time, it's all about Whitney for me at this moment. I mean, how often do we do this as, gay guys where we like time travel Mm -hmm. like if i had gay guy taste sensibility whatever Mm -hmm. what would i be doing time traveling gay guy well it's kind of scary to think about because whatever i'm like still like on my capote kick not necessarily with the show but just like there's a great documentary on hulu called the capote tapes that i watched last night and it is just like God, it was pretty hard out there for, for us. Is that our show? Is our show like Kunk on Earth, but it's called Time Traveling Gay Guy, and we go back yes. in time to different eras and like interview people of the time? Like, is that our show? Wait. Maybe that's <laughs> Maybe that's it. Time Traveling Gay Guy, and it's like Kunk. Did you, did you finish Kunk on Earth? Yes. Oh I love Kunk on Earth. <laughs> it's my favorite. I think it's one of my favorite comedies in the last like three years. It is staggering. How oh, stupid the stupid. is. Like, it's just so funny. Like, it never stops. Like, the jokes never stop, honestly. Like, <laughs> at a certain point, you do need to take a break because you're just like, it's now the jokes are just, they're coming too fast. Like, <laughs> I'm like a little overwhelmed. The way the Pump the Jams thing, like... Oh, love it. Love it. Gets re-sort of remixed every episode. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, it reminded me of like, well, kill me, like Monty Python stuff. But anyway, yeah. um, okay, <laughs> Biggest films of the year, 
Yeah, Jurassic Park was the biggest movie of this year. Mrs. Doubtfire. This was a big Spielbergery year because yeah. he's got the number one commercial film of the year and the number one critical hit of the year. He's got the right. biggest movie of the year and the best picture winner, which were Jurassic mm-hmm. Park and Schindler's, and Schindler's List. List. Can you say versatile? Rage. My guy was topping and bottoming the industry. Oh, he was topping us with yeah, who, how? How was he, he was topping us with Jurassic Park and bottoming with Schindler's List? <laughs> this doesn't necessarily feel right. I don't know about that, Miss. I think bottoming is so much more emotional than topping. Like you're feeling so much that I do feel yeah. like. <laughs> and then a woman in a red dress comes out. I can't. A little girl in a red dress, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, let me take that. Not a video. woman in a red dress. No, don't let him have that. He's had a oh lot of God. edits out this episode. Woman in a red dress will stand. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> me neither. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But <laughs> Jurassic Park, I've seen many times. Absolutely. I'm just an easier watch, I'd say. The Fugitive is the number three highest grossing film of 1993. That is a traumatizing film for me because Why? we watched that and we watched that. In Canada, in Montreal, there was a woman named Janine who was like the babysitter. And all the kids, all the kids in it, she was so cool. But she had like, she was a childless woman who had a huge house, right? And so she, Uh her whole thing was like childcare. And she was this cool fucking woman in her 50s who lived with her husband. And like all the kids from the neighborhood would go to her house after school. And like, you know, the parents would pay her. But she would just like put food out, put video games out, movies would be downstairs. And we would all just like hang out. And it was like summer camp. And watch like, The Fugitive. And one day we watched The Fugitive. And it was so like when the wife dies. <laughs> yeah, tough. I was just like, this is crazy. Also, tra- man. traumatic thing from that basement uh, where we would watch the movies was all the kids made fun of me because I pronounced Return of the Jedi. Le retour de le jedi. And they said, jedi. And they laughed at me because I mispronounced Jedi, which is, by the way, a made up word. Thanks. Jedi is very chic. <laughs> Did you hear that yeah. Daisy Ridley is returning um, to Star Wars to play the Jedi Ray? <laughs> La Jedi. La Jedi Ray. <laughs> Matt speaking French is so my favorite. Merci beaucoup. Fan. J'adore Ray. <laughs> Yo soy Jedi. Oh, Spanish. Okay. Shit. What else? People in Seattle, Philadelphia, the Pelican Brief. Oh my God, Julia coming into this. Oh, but this was after Mystic Pizza. But this was Julia really becoming Julia. Yeah. This is Julia post Pretty Woman feeling her. Oh, oats. yes. That's right. I'm sorry. I thought this was before Pretty Woman. Yes. This is after Mystic Pizza and Pretty Woman and Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. Okay, so never mind. Mm-hmm. So that she was Julia. Still Magnolias was her first Oscar nomination. Then came Pretty Woman. She was fully Julia at this point. But obviously, like this was again, it's her rising action peak. <laughs> you know what oh I mean? Like God. it wasn't yet. It wasn't yet where it would go. But it was. It was going. She was that girl. It was going. But I do want to say just about Jurassic Park. Yes, please. I always had the comment about Jurassic Park that like I wanted to see more of the theme park in the movie. But I think that mm. that was probably just me being stupid. And I think being a kid, looking back, Jurassic Park, no notes, no notes. You did that thing. Oh, you did that thing. You're not going to be out here saying that you wished Jurassic Park was different. I'm sorry. No. Is there a favorite scene in Jurassic Park for you? Um, Do you want to be a gay guy and say Laura during going through the poop? No, I was going to say I actually and this is so stupid of me. I actually love when they're watching the cartoon talk about the Amber. Pre-show. The pre-show, because 
it makes you realize like this movie is working on a lot of levels. Like the science mm. is actually kind of there. And like they're like Steven Spielberg was like, no, we're spending time. Like Michael Crichton would have wanted this. We're spending or would want this. If he was still alive. Let's spend time on the science of this. Because yeah. then, because remember like, you know, middle school science class, like all the teachers being like, my school at least, like it would be like, you know, the science in Jurassic Park is actually our type. We could, you know, grow dinosaurs if we wanted to, blah, 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 blah. That was like the urban legend kind of scientifically, I think, being in middle school at the time. And just set this straight as the person here who's like more. I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna know. Can you do this? Can you do it? I don't know. I don't know. And you want to? No. Oh, certainly not. Like whenever it comes to like, hey, we should do this. Like, I don't even think we should be in space. No, we're not supposed to be there. Like, I think we should be leaving things well enough alone. I think dinosaurs are gone for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think space, you can't be up there for a reason. I think we need to stay out of the oceans. You know how I feel about this. I think that about being on a plane. I'm like, we're not supposed to be. Don't even get me started. Every single time you're on a plane, remember you're on a hulking hunk of metal. And that doesn't feel right to me. No, air travel does not feel right to me at all. Mm-mm. 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 Boats feel insane to me. Boats, I actually think, are okay. How are boats okay? For traversal. You're standing on something. Or you're, you're- sitting on something. Well, let me stand on business. <laughs> when I say that. You're way more endangered on a cruise ship boat than you are in the air. And I don't even I, like the air thing. But in the water, especially with the orcas acting up the way that they are, well, especially well, with what we know about sharks now. Honey. They're incredibly I, I, dangerous. I'm not saying boats aren't dangerous. I'm saying being on a boat makes more sense to me as like primitive animals. Like the cavemen might have built a boat. What? I think maybe a person, a Neanderthal, might have tried to make a boat one day. Girl. They never tried to make a plane. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. But that doesn't mean that one is more above board than the other. I guess my thing with being on the open water, and you know they say we know less about the ocean than we do about the space. Space. 100%. For me, it's like if you're in the air, the only thing that can go wrong is the plane malfunctions. You know what I mean? Like something goes wrong with the plane and it goes down. When you were on a boat on the water, a million literally you were a million things could happen. The boat could get fucked up. A wave could happen. There's no waves that could happen in the air. And then get into this. Likely, if your plane goes down, you die pretty instantly. You may Ooh. even die from shock before you even hit the ground. Like right. truly. On a boat, if that thing goes over, Honey, you die in the water. Mm -hmm. You don't die because the boat capsized. You probably have to be swimming around for a while. And then what? Now, I don't want people saying to me, hey, that was messed up. What you did on this last episode of Lost Culturistas because you conjured up images of tragedy, pain and death. No, but this is just the reality of the world. And guess what? If you're listening to this, you're going to die one day, too. Who knows how it will happen? Maybe on a boat. But I'm telling you, it's more likely that you die on a boat than you die in the air. Get over it. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. <laughs> big news stories of 93. Isn't it interesting that so far, the three years that we've drawn all inauguration. Inauguration years. years I was going to say. Clinton. 
started to really pop off. Oh my god. I have on here the Waco Siege. Jesus. Branch Davidian Slay. What else? Space Shuttle Endeavor. Okay. Amazing. Mm-hmm. The Brady Bill for guns. Oh my god. Gun control. Remember gun control? Mm. I think that's it. Yeah, this was this year was really okay. I will say this year was the birth of my sister Chelsea Ryan Rogers. Oh my god, that's so nice. Chelsea Ryan Rogers was born on January twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. I won't say her real last name now because she has a new last name, and I will respect her privacy. Congratulations, Chelsea. Nay Rogers. Chelsea was born when I was three years old, and I think I was a good big brother. I'm sure you were. Oh, Matt is I think big I was brother. I was big bro. For once. Now, 93 for me, I think we had moved from Kingston, Ontario to Quebec. We might, I know, I think we were still in Kingston, Ontario. Mm. Town outside of Toronto. I was playing with pots and pans. That was my thing is at three years old or between two and three, I was like, my mom would like lay out the pots and pans on the rug, on the carpet in the Mm -hmm. living room. And I would just like pretend I was cooking. And did your mom, once she heard you playing with the pots and pans, did she sort of run into your father's office and say, Roland, Roland, I think our child may have musical talent. And he said, get out of here. She, oh my God. Wait, were you there, bitch? That's exactly what happened. I was there. And then my sister went, I remember it all the way. And then I I sang all too well at three. (laughs) Now, where were you? You were on Long Island? I was on Long Island being three. I think me at three (laughs) was probably a whole thing. Um, hmm. I can't say much about when I was three years old. We lived in West Babylon, New York. I... Wasn't in school yet. I probably was out. I was like an outdoor kid, mm-hmm. but I'm only three here. So I don't know. I probably was having like a, a jamming out with Katrina like all the time. Yeah. Oh, you guys, like, you guys hanging out. That's cute. Oh, absolutely. And then I did ask like, was I a good brother? Because that's a, something that's important to me nowadays is like, was I a good brother growing up? Oh. And all accounts are that I was a good brother and that I wasn't like jealous that there was a new kid because something you do hear like new parents say is like, oh, I have a three-year-old and there's a new baby. And it's like, now it's getting a little contentious in the house. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. or like something shifted. But luckily I can say, at least my parents are protecting me enough to not tell me I was a nightmare, but I think I was good. I believe that. I do think that all people, including myself, are good at heart. I believe that too. Now, Chance the Rapper was born this year. Chance the Rapper was born this year. Debbie Ryan was born this year. Oh my God, Debbie was born this year. Oh my God, Ariana. Amazing, amazing year for birth. Wow, Ariana is younger than my little sister. And you're big bro to her. I'm going to have to treat Ariana like little sis vibes. Little sis vibes. Ty Warner USA launches the first Beanie Babies. Oh, wow. This feels so early. This, this was rising action to Beanie Baby mania. 100%. Listen, listen to me right now. If you have a great idea, sometimes you got to let it cook. Maybe uh-huh. maybe in three years, it will be Beanie Baby. Oh, this news is sad to me. Yitzhak Kabin and Yasser Arafat signed peace agreement on the White House lawn. Oh, well. In the words of Cher Horowitz, I thought they declared peace in the Middle East. In the words. Now, 
Let's see. The EU farmers protest. We all remember where we were. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that's basically it. You know, it's kind of an an interesting year, a peaceful year. Definitely peaceful. This year was kind of interesting. If Israel and PLO signed a peace agreement, that's going to be a peaceful year. I think okay. it's actually going to be a peaceful year. And now, Bowen, you know what I'm doing? Yeah. I'm going into the, the cultural years. Oh, right. my God. We're drawing another year. So exciting. Okay. Now I'm picking it out. I'm feeling the energy. What is it going to be? The year is 2013. Ah! 2013. Another inauguration. Not an inauguration year, but another, like, post general election year i mean yeah so what's going on here there's a theme here there's a theme of election it's almost like it's almost (laughs) like there's one looming (laughs) oh oh Oh. okay 2013 well we all i hopefully you were born by then hopefully there are no 10 year olds listening to this podcast hopefully you're older than there is then holy shit not beating those groomer allegations Not beating the groomer allegations for gay guys. Well, isn't it scary to think even a 10 year old could because they have phones nowadays. They could be listening to this. We could be polluting their minds with things like Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. 
My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Should we move on to I Don't Think So Honey? Let's move on to I Don't Think So Honey. Do you have something? I do. Okay, this is Matt Rogers' I Don't Think So Honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The plot of Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, we're talking about 1993. Here I go. Liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. And female culture is not your costume, Robin Williams. And I don't like for one second that you lied to that woman and her family. I don't care what your intentions were. You're a liar. You're disgusting. Mm. You are a narcissist. Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire is a disgusting display of narcissism. And just, (laughs) you know what? How about this? You want to get in good with your kids? Start selling the truth. Start telling the truth, okay? The way that you get in with your kids is not going to be dressing up as a full woman. And by the way, that was an offensive (laughs) caricature of a woman. Elderly woman. It was offensive. It was ageist. 15 seconds. It was sexist. And it was (laughs) disgusting. And Sally Field. I'm with you when you said the whole time. The time? Because the answer is yes. That's Five what he's seconds. capable of. Do not get back together with this man. He's disgusting, toxic liar. I don't think so, honey. That's one minute. That is one of the best you've ever done. He was a disgusting, toxic liar. Period. You can't argue with that. It's really called Mrs. Doubtfire. Doubtfire. He he was he a was disgusting, a disgusting toxic, toxic liar. Liar. That's really number forty-four. Not beating the drag lying allegations. Oh my god, that gave drag such a bad name. It really did. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> my day is ruined. I have one that I'm sorry. I have one that's slightly less fiery, but I think that's okay. I'm not going to... That's totally okay, I, me thinks. But I think people are going to relate to this. Relatable? King. <laughs> this is Bowen Yang's I Don't Think So Honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Spiral notebooks. Why are we still selling this shit? The rings get bent. The pages don't turn as good as when you buy it fresh off of the shelf. Okay? And you sometimes you try to fit a pencil in there or a pen in there and it falls out. The spiral doesn't work anymore. And depending mm. on your handedness, every other page, you're not going to be able to write on it because guess what? The spiral is pressing the spine of the spiral is pressing on your hand as you write. And then what does your hand do as you apply pressure onto the spiral? It warps the spiral. So Mm. therefore, I think we should abolish spiral, abolish spiral notebook, most importantly, but the spiral is also full of plastic, probably, and we're done with that. We're done with plastic. Five seconds. I think we just need to do traditional bound notebook at the spine and not make any innovations in this area. And that's one minute. So are you saying return to marble? What do you mean? No, I'm marble saying return. Notebook. Yeah, marble notebook is totally acceptable. Any mm-hmm. notebook that had that like doesn't have to like fold in on itself, that is yeah. a gimmick that we no longer need, that we never needed in the first place. What? I'm just looking over at my desk and I see I'm using a spiral notebook. And I'm I've using never a had- spiral notebook and it's ruining my life. 
but oh I refuse to change. There is something to say about the fact that really what you have there in Spiral Notebooks is it's a weapon that can be used against you in your own home. Because if someone were to come there and unspiral it, then what they have is a very dangerous, really metal wire. A wire, a device for mm-hmm. harm. Devices. And also, it makes the writing experience unpleasant. Producer Becca says, spiral notebooks are disrespectful to the left-handed community, me. And the right-handed community, P.S., if you try to write on the opposite page. Mm, wow, I hadn't even thought about that. That's, that's what I'm why, saying. Oh, never mind. This. There's no way around it. Because I was going to say, you, no could way flip, around you it. could flip it in and do it, but you'd still come up against the spiral. I don't know, because guess what? You're turning your notebook up and down, up and down for every other page. Get them off the market. Now, yeah. I said. In, J-Lo. Out. Out. Spiral notebooks. Spiral notebooks. In, Madam Web. Out, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> in, Mandy Moore. Out. Mm. Mandy Moore not being on the pod. Not being on the pod. Ooh, that's I see what you did there. Well, this was a culturally ripe episode. There was so much to discuss. And really, what I have to say about this episode is, wow, the power of women. Wow, the power of women. It's going to be Women's History Month in March. <gasps> well, happy Pisces season, everyone. It's happy my big Pisces month. season. The Pisceans are Pisceing. Pisceing? I have a feeling that I might cry every day this season. You should. But not in, a, not in a pejorative way. In a way where I reclaim my tears. This is me now. This is you now. And if you're listening to this on February 21st, 2024, the moon enters Leo and Venus conjoins Mars. Relationships gain a little sizzle and creativity gets more muscle. Artistry and willpower are a match made in heaven now. Thank you, Jenny Nicholas. Yes, she posted a really good uh, Pisces season debut. She always knows. We end every episode with a song. This is me now. This is me now. To hear more of that, watch this. Prime original, This Is Me Now, starring Jennifer Lopez. Bye. Bye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort 
and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets terms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.